Welcome to the Behind the Film podcast where we have conversations about movies and filmmaking through both an objective and a subjective lens with the hope to give you a bigger appreciation for the art of film. I'm Corey McCabe and I'm joined by my wife Alex McCabe and how are you doing at 8.34 p.m. on a Wednesday evening? I'm not gonna lie, I really wanted coffee before this and I completely forgot about it. It was not a choice to not have coffee. Flip's table. I just forgot. Well, there's some cold in, in that pot over there. There's some cold coffee from earlier this morning about 12 hours ago. Yeah. Um, if you would like some. I'm gonna pass What if that. I put a couple ice cubes in it and pass it off as iced coffee? You're only supposed to leave coffee out for two hours and then you dump it. See, you worked at a coffee shop. I did not, so that's probably true. Okay, so back to talking about Onward. What'd you think? Your eyes are so pretty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can we not? Um, every time I watch a movie, as soon as it's over, I'm like, wow, that was the best movie ever. Unless I hated it. But my my opinion right after watching a movie is always much higher than it is re-watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm always like, man, that really got me. And then later I'm like, oh, it wasn't that great. But I really liked it. It was good. Of course, I've seen it twice in two days, so. So we're gonna talk about Onward and uh, more specifically, is it Pixar worthy? Because we were looking at some critiques of it and it was like, this doesn't even belong on the Pixar shelf or saying things like, it, does, it feels like a DreamWorks movie which I thought was an interesting note because I I almost agree with it in a way, just like the look and feel of it. The very first time I saw any mention of it was, oh, what was it? It might've been like IMDb sharing it or something, or maybe it was on Twitter. And I saw the poster for it, it was like Onward, and it was like with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. I was like, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, this does not feel like Pixar. Like it just felt, this is a total gut reaction. And I'm a huge Pixar fan. It just didn't it didn't have that feeling, but obviously like I'm gonna go into it with an open with an open mind, like because I like Pixar, but it even even watching it, like it was very I almost kind of basically I'm I'm reiterating the whole like DreamWorks thing. It it did kind of feel like it. Like if you don't know DreamWorks, they did like Shrek or like that's a pretty classic one. Um Hmm. Judging by your face, I would assume. <laughs> I mean, it certainly didn't feel like Shrek. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think it felt like Shrek because that's a totally different, like... What are other DreamWorks movies? <sighs> On the spot. Okay, well, you think about that <laughs> while I say that. Well, I when I was reading reviews, I didn't see the DreamWorks comparison, but I saw that people were saying, like, any animation studio could have made this, which I could get behind that. I mean, it, it definitely didn't feel like... Um, the Incredibles or Monsters, Inc. Or, like, there is a very clear animation history. And especially with Coco being so recent and being so good visually and mm -hmm. so stunning, it's kind of weird to see the animation in this. It felt like 10 steps back in a way. Right. Visually. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, there are pretty images and scenery, like, when they're... Like when they're at the drawbridge, there's like mountains and there's grass and like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's pretty, but like you look at something like you said, like Coco or, or even 
Up or Incredibles or Monsters, Inc. There's just so much to the world that visually it's like kind of stunning because there's just right. so many things. Um, but yeah, this movie doesn't really do a whole lot of world building, even though it is different in the sense that there's, you know, mystical creatures and stuff. It's still very much in our world. Like everything looks like our world, feels like our world. And works like our world. Pretty right. Much. And so, I mean, there's a few little things here and there, but it's mostly the characters that are different. And even then they operate very much like humans. So it's like there's really not much world building, whereas with like... Monsters, Inc., you've got, like, the whole crazy scenario. Like, the story is completely otherworldly. The way they live is otherworldly. Um, it still relates to the way we work, but it's, like, there's no such thing as a door factory with portals and, like, scaring kids. Like, that's yeah. super creative. Whereas this is, like, he comes home. He has a dog. He goes to school. Yeah. He, they ride a bus. Like, it's very... Realistic. Well, and, and to Onward's defense, they almost, in a way, played it that way, like it is supposed to be kind of like our world. Like, a long time ago, there was magic and wizards and all these things, and then we figured out a way to be efficient with, like, creating electricity and light bulbs and all these other things. So it's it's kind of in our world. It's not so much like, oh, there's portals everywhere, or there's... Um, you have their superpower. Well, I guess there's kind of superpowers, but yeah. But yeah, it's kind of. It's weird it's, because I thought that was like one of the coolest things about the movie was how they explained how they got from point A to point B, mm -hmm. how they kind of entered our world. Yeah. Almost out of laziness, and they referenced that several times, like when the cop decides to run, and he's like, and and the older brother's like, oh, horses are. The younger brother? I don't know who it was now. They was like, horses used to run 70 miles per hour. And the guy's like, why? I have a car. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just out of laziness. Or the fairies forget that they can fly. Like, right. there's so many references to losing abilities out of not even trying. And I think that's supposed to be a deeper message. Like, there's a lot of things that we're capable of that we just don't care to try to do anymore. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it's not necessary. And there's so much potential that we could reach. But at the same time, that almost kind of like stunted, I felt like, the movie in, in the sense that there was no world building. Yeah. Although I still feel like when they go on the path of peril or whatever, mm -hmm. that they could have done more world building there. Like, I feel like that could have been a lot cooler. That, that part was very much expected, yeah. like spikes and, you know. Right. But, like, it was <laughs> kind of just normal there wasn't like they're not like entering another world and like it wasn't they're way entering, out there right it was just like fields and you know a tunnel and a right. water underneath right. the pixar ground. on a budget yeah and podcast <laughs> um no so okay on on the topic of world building um so world building is basically setting the rules for a hey here's how things work in this story um, so with a place like, um, well, let's just talk about a quiet place. So like the first 10 minutes of any movie is, is the world building. It's like, here's, here's how the rules work in this world. So in a quiet place, it's a 10 minutes of, of silence. We see a bunch of shots of cities and streetlights and stores, and there's grass growing everywhere, right? 
Um, I think it starts by saying day 81 or day 33 or whatever it says. And it's kind of letting us know, okay, things are, are desolate. There's um, a lot of, uh, things have been abandoned. So we know that much. And then we learned through seeing some characters walk around a store, like they're, they're kind of tiptoeing. Right. Um, and they're being very careful with how they pick things up. And you're like, okay, they're being quiet on purpose, so they need to be quiet. So we're learning rules like silence is key. Mm -hmm. um, and then we see a careless kid running around, and he's he's he might kind of get the rules. We don't really know. Mm -hmm. Is this a brother? Is this a son or whatever? And so he's being noisy, and John Krasinski like, you know, like tells him, like, be quiet. He doesn't even say be quiet. He just be mm -hmm. quiet. And so we're learning like sound is bad, like how the right. music builds. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't even know what this movie is about, but sound is not good. Right. Um, and so that's really good world building. So like with the first 10 minutes of Onward, we're getting some world building of like, okay, this is not a world like ours where there's humans and, and deer and rhinos. There's like unicorns, there's wizards, there's centaurs, there's elves there's all these things they're like okay here's some world building that there's characters that right. are magical and there is um, magic in and the there world. Is, and there is magic in the world right um but it's kind of confusing to me and i mentioned this to you when we were kind of re-watching the movie today uh, i was like who's talking right now like who's telling us uh, so so why is this story being told right now? Because someone's doing a voiceover like a long time ago, there used to be magic right. and wizards. So someone's obviously saying, here's how things used to be. But it's kind of unclear to me why the person's talking and who's talking. Because in something like, uh, I think it was a jungle book or something, mm. or I can't remember. But basically, like, I know like it's really common exposition and world building in the first 10 minutes of a movie for an older person to be telling kids like right. it's story time. It's like, okay, it's time for dinner, but we got our exposition in that first 10 minutes and like, oh, they're just telling a story to the kids. But with Onward, I didn't know who was talking to who. And it was kind of confusing and you just kind of like move into the world and apparently it's Ian's birthday today. And it was like, okay, did they really just try to like get away with exposing here's how our world works and it, the transition wasn't it? really that smooth to me see i didn't notice that at all. it wasn't like he's he's reading a letter and it's like like see, from I his grandfather it, I liked like it, it was better that way because i liked it better that way because normally it's like so cringy because it's like yeah oh they're setting it up by this person reading something. yeah no that usually and is so cringy <laughs> i thought it was nice to just have like a narrator and you just accept that it's a narrator then you're in the world and then later it's revealed that oh this is his dad talking right. so i thought that was cool the way they did it but I think it would have been cool if his dad was narrating throughout or if um, th if we knew that was his dad somehow or like because we just I don't mean, know. But it is clear that it's his dad once he reads the letter. I suppose. Because the letter he's the reading verbatim. Yeah, it's in like one of the first scenes. It's verbatim mm -hmm. what the narrator said. Yeah. So we know 100% that's his dad yeah. writing the letter that's back fair. in time. And so that's some some arguably foreshadowing-ish kind of there. But right. I felt like I was a little sloppy personally, the, the world building and exposition of like, here's how things worked. But it was very creative because, or at least that one aspect of like, wizards are helping people like start fires and do these things. It's like, oh, this is really cool. 
Um, and then they're not needed anymore. Right. Because we invent electricity and so on. Like and that kind of actually before. surprised me that people haven't done that before, or at least that yeah, I know of. That we've because, seen. like, that's such an obvious. I mean, it's creative, but then in retrospect, it's obvious. Like, yeah. of course, if you have all of these technologies, you don't need this wizardry. And they made it about laziness, which is totally human nature. Yeah. Um, so still staying on the, the topic of exposition, um, Chris Pratt's character, Barley, I think they did a fantastic job of exposing his character. So we, through watching the movie, you find out that he's a history buff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he's a history buff. He, he loves... Through his his game. Yes. Yes, Which through is his game. Funny, but he's still like, very fascinated in history. Right. And that's, like, very clearly... I think it's funny how they take, like, such a common, I guess, personality. Because, like, it's really common to be super into D&D and stuff like that. And it's always kind of, like, laughed at and frowned upon. And so they took that and, like, spun it to be something <laughs> positive. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. But I, 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 I have to applaud how they did that because it wasn't this like, they don't shove it down your throat like uh, this montage of, of Barley to like reading book after book and just consuming right. and like playing these games and learning. Like, no, it's just through, through dialogue and character interaction that he's like, well, a long time ago they would have done this. And it's like, they don't have to explain that because the more he talks, it's like, oh, he's super into like And it doesn't feel forced. No, not at all. And so... I I thought it was, it was very very natural feeling and it didn't yeah. it yeah. It I really don't really good. know how they pulled it off, but a lot of Chris Pratt's lines. I mean, I guess it's just Chris Pratt acting. It could be. But um a lot of his lines would be really cringy on paper or if you heard them from someone else, like just all of his like positivity and encouragement of Ian and like like you were saying all of his knowledge like that could easily have been really gross and weird had it been a different actor i guess yeah or maybe it's just written the right way i don't know yeah but um felt natural with him yeah it felt really natural like all and i think that's probably part of the reason i really liked it is all of the characters were really good and the people playing them were like perfect yeah so another thing on exposition was ian the not i guess not really main character he's a main character he's kind of main character he's the main character I guess so. Yeah, yeah. No, he character. is the main character. Um, it, it's definitely both about. It's definitely about the brothers. Yeah. But it is more about Ian. Um, I like the exposition with his character. Um, he goes to school, and there's this big. Um, I don't know what he was. Ogre, I guess. Yeah. And he has his feet on Ian's chair. Hey, uh, Gorgamon. Um, would you mind not? putting your feet on my chair today. And this is after he's already realized he doesn't like how shy he is. Like right. this is when he's actively trying True. to be someone new. True. So you're exposing not only who he was, but right. who he's trying he's to be. He's trying to be. In one yeah. interaction. Yeah. So this so he says, "Hey, can you can you move your feet?" And they get some pushback from the this ogre character is like, nah, man. Sorry, dude. Gotta keep him elevated. Gets the blood flowing in my brain. And he just takes it. Like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> Thanks for being cool, Ian, or whatever his reply is. And so that's kind of us getting to know, okay, he's a very passive person. Like, he's he doesn't stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting to know his character through that little scene there. Um, and... Again, like you said, he is actively trying 
to be a, 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 a better version of himself, I guess, a more assertive version of himself. He's trying to be more like who he thinks his dad was. Yes, he's trying to be like, yes, that's true. And we, we learned that in the kitchen, I think, because he has that checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing at school is he goes over to the cool kids and is like, hey, I'm having this party. Actually, I don't think it was the cool kids. Well, I'm saying, yeah. No, but I thought it was cool that they didn't make him want to hang out with the cool kids. It was like the other kids in his math class or something. Oh, okay. So I thought that that was a cool little like change that like to him who he wanted to hang out with wasn't like, oh, the popular kids Fair. in school. Okay, yeah. I think. No, I'm pretty I think sure right. it was like math class or something. Yeah, I think you're right. But even before he invites them to his party, he's like overthinking like how he's going to say it, which is funny. So that's like, you know, great comedy there too. But we're also getting to know his character through that. And he ends up inviting them and then, you know, doesn't really work out. And he ends up uninviting them. Like it's canceled. Birthday's canceled. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but that was really fun. So like just kind of getting to know the characters was, was really good. Again, with uh, Barley by Chris Pratt and then Ian with Tom Holland. From the beginning, even through that scene at the school, Barley is a huge fan of Ian. Oh, he, yeah. He's a big advocate and believes like highly in Ian. My brother is a wizard! Obviously, it's very embarrassing when he brings his like old beat-up van with a unicorn paint job on it and he pulls up because unicorns, like in, in the very first scene of the movie, like they're they're like the raccoons or the, not skunks. Scavengers. But, yeah, scavengers. Like they're eating out of trash cans. And so like us, you know, in our world, we're like, oh, unicorns, they fly around and fart rainbows or whatever. But in this world, like they're eating trash and stuff. And so like now that you realize what unicorns represent in that world, that being plastered all over his brother's yeah. truck and his brother pulls up like, hey, Ian. He's like, I don't know this guy. But He's then crazy. from his brother's perspective, like who's into history, unicorns were probably way cooler before. True, true, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love how, it, you know, he pulls up in this van and it's like this, this big thing. And, you know, he's just, he's excited to see Ian. Um, but obviously it's, it's almost like this father-son type thing, like, uh, dad, like, yeah. you know, and I, so I thought that was pretty funny. My last note on exposition was when Ian is in his room, and it, this is just, like, so creative. Like, you and I looked at each other when we watched this, and it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we're both like, I think I'm going to cry. Um, when he's listening to the tape of his dad, and it's like, the mom is in the room when he starts recording this like old tape player and he's like, I think I can get this to work or whatever. She's like, I'm gonna walk in the other room, you keep playing with that. And so her voice is not heard that well. Right. But he's talk his his dad in this tape who has passed away, um, he's talking to the tape and we see, we see Ian just like listening to it. Well, let's find out. Okay, bye. All he wants is just to have known his dad and so he plays the tape and then he plays it again and you're like oh yeah he's playing it again like it's probably just gonna zoom out like he's just listening to it over and over almost how like if a loved one left a voicemail like hey just make sure you pick up some noodles and some pasta on the way home or noodles and pasta that doesn't even make sense noodle <laughs> pasta and sauce like and they just listen to that over and over even though it's the silliest thing so that's what we think ian's doing when he plays it the second time but he talks back to his dad and i thought that was so creative Really, really well done. 
Um, so Onward has these like super creative moments, um, but it's not, is it Pixar worthy? <laughs> like it does, I don't know if it comes off as like extremely imaginative and creative as a whole, it has yeah, creative it moments. Yeah, it doesn't feel as big. No. It doesn't feel quite, I mean, they're on this grand adventure and like all this stuff, but somehow it almost seems very real. Yeah. Like I feel like, and I feel like that partly comes from them keeping it so light. Like, you know, obviously Chris Pratt's character is always him. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have like all of these comedic moments where like the dragon has the school <laughs> mascot as a face like yeah. there's so many times where it's like lighthearted, yeah. even in the midst of the adventure mm -hmm. that it almost makes it feel less dire mm -hmm. which i mean it, it, that could be a good or a bad thing less like, scary for kids <laughs> yeah it's it's just a really funny movie and there's consistently that line of comedy through it but um yeah, it just doesn't feel like as big of an adventure as some of the other, like right. especially like The Incredibles or right. so, or even like Monsters Inc. Mm -hmm. Like those are still those are really big things, but for some reason you just don't feel that. Even when they're in like life or death situations, yeah. you don't really feel it that often or for mm. very long. That's a that's an interesting point. Yeah, because if you look at something like Ratatouille. That's something that you're like, what the heck? Like you're like throughout the movie, you're like, oh my goodness, there's a rat pulling on a guy's hair and it's <laughs> making him like, that's like so crazy and just like so creative and yeah. very, very interesting throughout the movie. Right. And, and even in that movie where there's not really like life and death, mm -hmm. it's you, you're still super tense the whole time. Yeah. Like there's definitely moments where you're like, you know, yeah. ooh, well, you're so of, nervous for him. Because of the relationships that get built, like what, what it means for Remy to have this to, to have this job with um, what's his name Linguini? Sure, is that his name? I think so. For, all the, for some reason, that sounds really weird all of a sudden. Um, but anyway, like and and obviously, like for what it means for Linguini to have this job, like he you know he needs this job. I think there's some um, alluding to his mother. Or him needing the job for his. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. quite remember. But they like both of this. It means a lot to them. And so when there's that tension of like they're not getting along, mm -hmm. you're you're like no because you you believe in this character and everything that they're working on in this character and like you get to know both worlds and like now Linguini has a girlfriend and Rat and Ratatouille, <laughs> uh, Remy like so like that. So the tension you're talking about is definitely not life or death, but you feel it. And Pixar is huge and very good at making you feel things emotionally. Yeah. They're they're like kings of this. Like yeah. so, so good. Which that said, Onward definitely made me feel a lot of feelings, but it wasn't suspense really. Like it yeah, was mostly yeah. like heartwarming or gut-wrenching, like the scene where he's talking to his dad on the tape or when they're having a heart-to-heart. -heart. Like there's definitely heartwarming and gut-wrenching things where it's like kind of happy or sad. You feel a lot of like happy and sad feelings that are really deep, I feel like, yeah. from this movie. I feel like maybe a little deeper than a lot of the other movies where they're clearly trying to get you to feel that gut-wrenching mm -hmm. or heartwarming thing. I felt like Onward did a really good job of those feelings. Yeah. It was more the like adventurous, 
suspense Danger. feelings that yeah. they didn't nail, which is fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sitting there in suspense the whole movie. I love suspense. <laughs> I'm like huge on thrillers and even partial horror is like I I love yeah. I love that. But back to the characters. So I had this thought and I'm wondering what you think about it. What do you think about when they're having their heart to heart? The two brothers are having their heart to heart. And so it's it's clear to everyone watching Barley is not afraid of anything. And they even mention it on the mom mentions it. She's like, one of them is afraid of everything and the other isn't afraid of anything. Yeah, was, I love that line. Yeah, because, you know, both sides of the spectrum are dangerous. But um, so when they're having their heart to heart, they expose why Barley's like that. And I could, I, at first I was like, that's really cool. Like they gave him a reason to mm -hmm. have that character trait. And then on the flip side of it, I was like, is that cool though? Like, do we have clear reasons as to why we are the way we are? Like, can Probably it, not clear. Is it really <laughs> so cut and dry to be like, oh, well, when I was four, this happened to me and my dad. Like, I'm sure there's definitely instances of that, but is it fair to kind of, you know, cut somebody's character or chalk somebody's character up to one moment in their life or is that interesting like i don't know if it's a good or bad or neither thing i i think it is somewhat necessary in movies because some people may think movies are long but it is a very short amount of time True. to to go into because in an hour and a half even if it's a documentary about your life you're gonna miss so many things. Right. And so the storyteller, the director, the writer, the producer is going to like, how do we simplify this? Like what was her big turning point that really made her the Alex that she is today? Right. She said this was a really defining moment for her. Like, okay, let's look into that. And so like, you have to kind of make things snackable for people yeah. to like grasp. So yeah, in real life, are we gonna like go back to that one moment where our dad said something in the hospital? Probably not. Yeah. Some of us have those moments for sure. Right. And they really stick with us. But yeah, so I think that's why is like you kind of have to make things um, uh, not consumable. What's the word? <laughs> Digestible. Yeah. So I wanted to get into a few complaints and I don't want to end this episode with the complaints because I also want to talk about the ending and what mm -hmm. I really, really liked about that. Um, I think this movie is getting a, a little less praise than I think it deserves. Um, and so I kind of wanted to give it, end it on a slightly higher note. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately answer the question of, is it Pixar worthy? Mm -hmm. um, but a couple complaints. Um, so you go back to the, be the beginning where they're in the, the bedroom, Ian, and he's, he says the spell and it starts to work. And it like the it like lights up or you know mm -hmm. see magic sparks whatever. Right. So he says it again and or says or says the rest of it and it starts working and we can see the dad's feet starting to form and then his ankles and then the rest of his legs. Um, Barley comes in and it's like past his his waist, and it's just like kind of creating their dad from the bottom up, and it starts to slow down unexplainedly. Not really sure why, and they're like, kind of like oh what's going on. And then it starts 
uncreating their dad. It starts going down and then the gem starts to like disintegrate and disappear. And uh, then at that point, Barley's like, let me help. And he's like coming over to Ian and, and Ian's like, no, stop. And then boom, the, the gem disappears. And now they, the rest of the movie is them having to go get another Phoenix gem. But why did that happen? I know you have some theories, but yeah, I, to me, it's it wasn't it's not clear. Like he said it, and the spell is working. Okay, let's go. I don't think it's supposed to be clear in the moment. I think it's supposed to be revealed as the movie continues, which is something that I appreciate. Like, what were we just watching with uh, the one guy that you really like? And it was kind of a dark show. Oh, Outsider. Um, Outsider from HBO. Right. Jason Bateman. So that's a show where you see scenes from later and then it's explained mm. as the show goes. So like I really appreciate like seeing yeah. something I don't understand and then figuring it out as I go. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like that's what this was. I feel like it was pretty obvious that like, okay, once you see the end result, you see that, you know, it's supposed to happen the way it happens. It's supposed to push Ian back. It's supposed to disintegrate. It's supposed to do all of these things. The only thing that goes wrong is that um, Barley, who is clearly posed as like a screw up, didn't go anywhere. Like he, it's the mom even makes a comment. This is the longest gap year ever. So he clearly like didn't go to college. He just cares about his games. Like they paint him as very truck. immature. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where like the younger brother kind of feels like the older brother. He feels like, oh, I'm the responsible one. I'm the normal one. And so when his big bumbling brother comes in is like, let me help you. Instead of appreciating, at this point in the movie, instead mm -hmm. of appreciating who his older brother is and the positives of him, he's just like, oh, no, let me, you know, you're not going to touch this. You're just going to ruin it. Yeah. Like, so I feel like it's pretty obvious from their interaction that he jerks away. That's when it explodes because he's pulling away from the help. And then later, whenever they do it the second time, Barley... He, Barley doesn't offer to help. Ian asks for help. And that's exactly when the gem moves to where it needs to be and the whole process finishes yeah. correctly. But other than that one moment of difference, mm -hmm. it works the same way. Like the gem disintegrating isn't wrong. Like nothing's wrong until he jerks away. That's true. So I feel like it's very much in line with the theme of the show, which is, you know, yeah appreciating people for who they are and yeah, what they bring to the table. For sure. It, and I think you're exactly right. I don't actually disagree. I think that is the right interpretation of what happened. It's just for me that the fact that it's not crystal clear why it happened, no pun intended. Um, like if it were something really clear, like you're playing baseball and like you're, this is terrible. You're at the edge of the cliff and the other one throws the baseball and he misses the baseball and it goes over the cliff. Oh no, we need a new baseball. That's really clear. You missed the catch, the ball went over the cliff. Yeah. But this is just like, something, what happened here? Right. Why is the gym gone? Okay, we're finding a new one. I yeah. I'm, I'm guess I'm interested. Let's go find another gym. Um, but I just, I, I, I would appreciate it to being much more clear. But I, I think you're exactly right. And, I, and it's a beautiful picture. Like it really is. And that's, that's my biggest praise for the movie is like, 
Well, I want to end with that. I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more. I have a couple more complaints. I'll just, I'll just say them all, and you can pick out if you want to dive into any of them. Okay. Uh, the Manticore gives in way too quickly when she hears that she used to be adventurous and dangerous. She's just like, yeah. <laughs> like, she's literally the manager of a restaurant, and then she's just like, I'm done. I'm done. Well, what? watching it the second time. Um, but it was the moment that Ian said, like, you used to be, like, there's, I think there's a picture of her from a long time ago. She's, like, very yeah. much a warrior and, like, sword and, like, like helmet, breastplate, the whole nine yards type of thing. Like, definitely, like, an adventurous person. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how many years ago. And he's, like, you used to be. How come you're not anymore? And then she's, like, yeah. And it's just, like, it, whoa, I mean, whoa. it is fast. I, and, well, just to finish with that, like, I'm not expecting, like, a Luke Skywalker thing where he's just, like, no. I know she, like, there's not enough time for her to fight it enough, but, like, maybe a little more there. Like, again, I don't want it to be too stereotypical because people's complaint is that this is already, this is, like, an age-old story and, like, Pixar could do better, whatever. They're just retelling a story that's been told before. It's just a blueprint everybody's used or whatever. So you don't want to do that too, that, that thing where it's like, okay, we have this expert, we need their help. And they're like, kind of like, oh, I don't know, but you have to like convince them. And then they're on board with you. Like, that's kind of what needs to happen. But I feel like they just sped it up like that. Yeah. Well, watching it a second time, I didn't think it was that fast. Because first of all, she argues for a while. Like, they, they have a limited amount of time. To give them the map. Right. But they, have, but they have a limited yeah. amount of time on this scene. They can't devote a ton of time to right. it. And she argues with them about giving them the map. But then she even argues, I'm pretty sure, once he says, you know, oh, you used to be this person, I think she she goes on a tangent. She convinces herself. He doesn't convince her. He She starts arguing with him out loud, goes on this tangent of like, well, that was before I had to do blah, 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 blah. And like, and it's really funny, too, the way she does it. Yeah. And so she's kind of arguing with Ian and in the process of that, realizes what she's saying and realizes, like, and, yeah. it, and it's not even a full realization until he says, until she says her, her like, final argument, which is, you know, who says you have to take risks to be an adventurer or whatever. But so what? Whoever said you have to take risks in life to have an adventure? Apparently, you did. That's when she changes her mind is when Ian then points out, yeah. well, you did. And so I don't think it was that quick. Like, I don't feel like it was like I'm arguing about the map and then Ian says, oh, well, you used to be this person. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, it's like she convinces herself with her argument to Ian and then he, like, so makes it click yeah. for her. That is true. Like, second by second, minute by minute, that is true. That is what happened. But my perception of it was like, oh, yeah, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it's weird it did feel too easy. Yeah, this is a super minor complaint, but a complaint nonetheless. Um, when Ian and Barley get pulled over, um, they're in disguise in front of the cops after getting pulled over, um, and they use a spell to to appear as a Bronco, as Colt Bronco, the sheriff of the town. Except for some reason, Ian chooses to do the talking. Like, we don't actually see this. It just kind of cuts to they're already in disguise. Like, we mm -hmm. don't see them transform or anything. It just cuts right to it. Um, Ian is, like, 
Because it's a centaur, right? Like there's a human part that's like standing and then there's like the horse part. And so Barley is like the back end of the horse and Ian is the front end. And so he's talking. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense for the plot because if Ian's doing the talking, then we can he it's can expose his truth truth because of how the spell works i think i might say it backwards but basically since you're pretending to be something you're not appearing as bronco the sheriff you have to tell the truth, the truth or else the spell, or else wears, the spell off. wears off if you tell a lie yeah and so it makes a lot of sense for the plot because that's where there starts to be some tension between the two brothers but and again, I know Ian is, so th the reason you could back this up that it works is that Ian is trying to be a different person. And so he's trying to be- Oh no, I can explain it. <laughs> but to me, it's like, I don't, because he reverts and has for 16 years been a very passive person. We learned that in the first few scenes of the school. Mm -hmm. I feel like he'd revert in like a, he's never driven a car before, by the way. Mm -hmm. He gets pulled over by the cops. Like, I don't think he'd revert to, let me do the talking. Yeah. I think he would, but again, it works for the plot, but that's my, that's a minor complaint. No, yeah, I can totally explain that one. And it has nothing to do with, <laughs> I'm do you work Ian, at Pixar? <laughs> I'm Ian, I'm trying to be my dad and be bold. That's totally not his line of thinking. Okay. So up until this point, and this is actually when this conflict comes to the surface. Up until this point, Ian thinks he's the mature one. Ian thinks that he's the one who's good at stuff and that Barley's just gonna screw everything up. So it totally makes sense. Because Barley says, let's go off the beaten path. And he's like, let's go on the high. Okay. Yeah, like it All totally right. makes sense that That's Ian fair. wants to be the one controlling the situation. And they even have Barley say, I wanted to be, you know, the he head. Does. Yes, he does. And so, yep. so you know that it's not just like, like Ian fought for this. Like Ian wanted to be the one talking. And that does make sense because he doesn't believe in Barley. He doesn't believe Barley is capable of making good decisions. Which we're about to find out. <laughs> Which you're, yeah, exactly. You're, sure, yeah. you're about to find that out. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where if you look at just his character, yeah, it doesn't make sense. He's pretty timid. But when he's with his brother, he knows he's his own best bet. Which he learns is not true. Gotta follow your gut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. I guess that makes sense because of the fact that he's like, doesn't think Barley can make good decisions. I think that does justify him choosing to do the talking. Yeah. I'm convinced. I stand corrected. Oh, one last minor complaint. I'll explain Again, this one too. No, 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 <laughs> this, this one, it, re it really is like a mess up, but it's, it's definitely forgivable. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, whatever. All right, so we have half a person. Mm -hmm. Their dad is half a person. Mm -hmm. Can't hear. Mm -mm. Starts dancing to the music. Yes. But he, they, that even, makes sense. they even call that out like right. he's feeling the vibrations. Totally true. If I was half a person and I only have my legs, I know I was you're still alive. <laughs> he, the, the pants, the legs push, push the boys into the grass with him to, so that they'll dance. Mm -hmm. He, the dad comes from the van and is, is just dancing and then goes over into this grass area off of the sidewalk mm -hmm. and does not know that the boys are where they are. But he walks straight to them like, come on, dance with me. And he like kind of nudges like, do them. His little no, he doesn't tap around. or anything, just oh. straight to them. And I was like, 
I get it. It's supposed to be a fun day. Like, yeah. I won't. That, so that's me even saying this is way too harsh, I think, but just a little complaint. Okay. Well, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, okay. Because my thing is a much larger complaint. So the dad doesn't get to meet Ian, which is not my complaint. Uh, the dad doesn't get to meet Ian, but he says he's proud of who Ian's yep. become. I thought that too. But yeah. he's just driving around. Like, he can't, if you don't have eyes or ears or any senses you know, other you can't than be your a judge. foot taps, yeah. you don't know what they're doing. You don't know if he's like, making good decisions. He's just, he's just getting <laughs> pulled on a leash. He doesn't even know who's pulling him. Like, <laughs> how could you tell realistically yeah. from your feet and legs what decisions are being made? How, right. like... It's kind of not realistic at all. No. <laughs> Even in a mystical way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that definitely not. But I, you know, to to give onward some some the writers some credit, I I did like that. You know, they just look in the van. Dad's dancing, and our first thought is like, wait a second, Pixar screwed up. He doesn't have ears. You guys are dumb. You idiots. But they say like, oh, he feels like they're calling out. Yeah. Like this is how it works. So I kind of appreciated that a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. So is it is it Pixar worthy? Because this is a hard question to answer. Because I I do want to give like a straight, just like yes or no, just to say this is my stance on it. Mm-hmm. But it is hard to answer. I say yes. You say yes. Yes. Interesting. I definitely lean toward no. I, if I, if you're breaking it down into categories, is it visually worthy of Pixar? Even then, I'd probably say yes because to me, like they have a select few that are yeah. very, very clearly like they outdid themselves. Like Coco yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like. I mean, their animation is really good. I didn't feel like this animation was bad. No, it's I not. I felt like yeah. the world building was boring. Like, it wasn't bad animation. Like, it still looks yeah. similar to a Pixar film. It was just a little bland. But to me, that's the only category in which I would say it's not similar to Pixar. Because... Yeah, they, they kind of went smaller with the feel of it, but the writing was good. The characters were good. You still had those serious, like, feeling moments, and yeah. you still had a great story. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like, and, and that goes back to the ending, which we haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. The ending was great. And yes. to me, that's where most movies are like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Like okay, I felt so like that really strong ending and good characters. Yeah, let's let's finish and and talk about um, talk about the ending, and then I'll kind of give my final thoughts on the movie. Um, so the ending, we we are like moments away from from the dad finally being revealed. The sun is setting. Like there's not much time, and that's like it's creating some tension there. And they're so, so close. And then this dragon gets created because of the curse um, that comes with this spell. Um, or is it because of the spell? Why is there a curse? <laughs> it's not super clear. It's it's basically like these gems are protected by a curse. Okay, yeah. And so he pulls the gem out of its okay. home. 
Yeah, for like literal things like making things levitate, there's not gonna be a curse for every single spell. Right. It's just like, I guess it's like the bigger ones. Um, so for this one, bringing somebody back to life, even just for a day is a big deal, and so there comes a curse with that. So anyways, there's this, it's not even a dragon, it's actually like this, this mist, and it's like pulling stuff to create itself, which was really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny. And funny, because it puts a fake uh, mascot dragon face on its, yeah. on its face. Anyway, so we have this like cement dragon, uh, and whenever it roars, it's the bells of the school, which is like so creepy. Yeah. Um, like in a different movie, like in a horror movie, that would like give you chills. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but, it was just funny. <laughs> but but it made sense. It's like because otherwise, right. it's like how can this thing make noise? It's like well, it's it's pulling from right. places. Which again, creative decision. Creative, yeah, definitely. So yeah, moments left, and barley as always just. Stand up guy, just like, hey, I, I got this. You need you you need to be able to say hi to dad. Yeah. Because Ian's never met his dad. Yeah. So it's we know this is like super important for Ian. Very, because very important. He's never met his dad before. Yeah. And Barley knows how important that is to him. Even when they're driving in the car for like one of the first times, like he's I forget, Barley says something and Ian replies to that and goes like, that's all you had? Like, that's all you wanted to do with dad or say with dad or whatever? Yeah. What's that? I'm just working on a list of things I wanted to do with dad. That's cool. So Barley knows like this is a big deal. And I like his his line. I don't know it verbatim, but essentially he says like, you, you say hi to dad. And like, he's about to walk away. It's not, it's not like a, arguing moment like right. no you gotta say like there's not yeah. a conversation he's ending it he's like right. you're he's gonna, decided he, like it's how he says it too is like you you don't expect somebody to come back and say anything to that it's right. like you should say hi to dad yeah and he's about to leave i'll go distract it what no if you do that you'll miss dad it's okay say hi to dad for me and it's so typical because it's it's that like yeah. The character who you don't like as much, or whatever, that is turning a new leaf and sacrificing. Like this yeah. whole time, he's felt immature, and now he's doing the mature thing, like which he he's got done rid of before. His, he got rid of his truck. He's done that before. Or his van. But it's it's just that whole like you know, it feels like his character arc. Like he's becoming the mature right. one. He's looking out right. for Ian, right. and he's gonna do this for Ian yeah. to get this chance. Yeah. And so it feels a little cookie cutter, almost like it feels too expected. Right. Like, and then That's, you just know he's going to walk away and save the day. And, and maybe, like, maybe if it does go that route, maybe his dad appears and is like, oh, like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Ian. And it's like, that maybe they have this conversation. Yeah. And it's like, maybe he's a little bit disappointing and Ian has to learn that lesson. Or maybe... Maybe he says something like really meaningful and like, you right. got this champ or whatever. But, but we all know from the entire movie, Ian's going to meet his dad. Like he has that's to. The goal. That's, that's the point that's of the, the entire goal. movie. Exactly. Like that's, that's what they're setting out to do from the beginning of the movie. Well, anyways, as we know, um, he says, no, you need to say goodbye to dad. And Because earlier in the movie, Barley had said his his memory of his dad that he didn't like was that he was too afraid to walk into the hospital and say goodbye. Yep. So instead of just accepting Barley saying, okay, you you meet dad, I'm going to go say, I'm going to go distract the dragon. Ian says, no, you say goodbye to dad. No, you go and say goodbye. What? So that was like 
really cool. And then they just, he just goes like, they're like, okay, we got things to do. And they just go, they don't have like a moment of like, oh, thanks so much. Right. Like, they don't have that moment because that's got to come later. There's things to do. And so, so that was a really cool, like selfless thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then they compound that later when the, the dragon, the curse is already broken and all that. The dad is created for these last like 15, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And Ian's what, like 10, 20 yards away. So he's trying to get a glimpse and it's like the sunset is coming from behind them. So it's just like a silhouette really. And he's trying to peek, of course. Like he's not just gonna be like, I'll let, I'll let Barley have his moment with that. Like, yeah, no, he, he still wants, wants to, to see. He still wants to see his dad. So this is not at all like unheard of or unexpected. So he's like looking through the peaks, uh, through the cracks of the cement pieces of the dragon and he, he sees and he's not, he's not trying to keep climbing and running over there like, right. I made it just in time, good, we can yes. both see that. He he's, sees the sun, he knows there's seconds left, there's yeah. no point, he's going to spend his time watching. Yeah, just like, he's just giving, he's giving his moment with his dad to his brother. And it's this really selfless, beautiful image and I, that's like, the, was the biggest thing. Cause like, I don't see that celebrated a lot in movies, selflessness. Like it's usually you can do what you want. Believe in yourself, you can do it. And usually the thing is like you can you can do the great thing, right? And the great thing in this movie, the great thing in Onward, is to do, to give up your right, to give your way. Yeah, I feel like the first time that you really see selflessness celebrated in a movie. I mean, this is not true. I'm sure there's plenty of selfish oh, things, definitely. Sure selfless there is. things, but. Even in like Frozen, like I remember Frozen being one where it's like kind of an unexpected ending where where you think, you know, oh, she needs true love's kiss. She's got to get to her boyfriend. But then she realizes, oh, my sister um, needs me. And so she does the selfless thing and saves her sister instead of saving herself. But the difference with this is there's a happy ending there in the sense that Anna didn't actually give anything up. She gave up the idea of something, like, but she's not giving up her life like she thought she was. You know, there's mm-hmm. that happy ending of like, oh, you sacrificed in theory, but you didn't actually give anything up in the, at the end of the day. And that's usually how it works. Right. Like most Disney shows or Pixar shows where it's like they're sacrificing something, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, no, you didn't sacrifice anything. Like everything's happy for everyone. <laughs> and this was such a rare thing because yeah. you know it's not like oh the spell actually works for a second day because we set it at night this day yeah. instead like or bonus. like <laughs> or like oh the manticore comes in and picks up ian and takes him to his dad to say hello or whatever mm-hmm. like nothing magical or crazy happens to where yeah. what he sacrificed is given back to him. Yeah. And, and that's and, super rare. And it also like, there's also just again, like there's not even the added selfish thing of like, you no, know, you need to say bye to dad. Just tell him this one thing. Like, right. He does like, it just doesn't even, I don't know. I, I thought it was really pretty, really beautiful. And I, I really, really liked that. It did not, it did not go the direction I thought it would. Right. I thought they would, learned something else. So anyways, yeah. it was really, really cool. So I liked it. Here's my here's my problem with it being Pixar worthy. I, I mean, just because I'm, I 
have a good memory with movies, I can I can sing you <laughs> sing you. I can hum you the tune to almost any Pixar like Incredibles like is legendary like jazz type of oh, yeah. big hit music. Monsters Inc. is you know that whole tune. You've got Toy Story with um, uh, Randy Newman singing those songs of You've Got a Friend in Me. Like the music in Pixar movies is usually really. Ah, it's just so, it's so, it's so tailored, it's so good, it's so... And I just watched Onward for a second time, or I, I listened to it. You watched it a second time. I was listening yeah. to it while I was working this today. Um, I, it doesn't, I don't think it has the scale of what Pixar normally does. Yeah. Like, in, in a lot memorable. of ways. Like, the soundtrack was just one of them. Theme, like, the theme of it, like, the overall, like, message, I guess you could say, like, that is Pixar par, I think. Like mm -hmm. that is, it, it did great. Um, and the characters. The the characters and um, even the voice actors. Like I, I think it was it was really it was well done and felt Pixar worthy. Although with the characters, some people were saying, which maybe I agree, maybe I don't. I loved all of the characters. I definitely think Tom Holland and Chris Pratt were done justice for sure with their characters. But with, uh, ah, what's her name? Julia Dreyfus? Julia Lewis? I don't remember her name, but the mom. Yeah. I loved the mom's character. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely yeah. loved it. Because so often, especially in older movies, the parents are just kind of a throwaway character. Yeah. Or they get in the way. Yeah. Or they're, you know, it, the She's parents are never cool. Yeah. Like, but this mom was involved. She was capable. She was smart. She was funny. Like, she had all of... She had a role. Yeah, she had, like, a full... She wasn't just, like, oh, some dumb mom. Like, she was actually capable and involved in her kids' lives. And she was going to help. And she was helpful. But she didn't, like, just, like, oh, save the day. Like, it wasn't too weird either direction. Like, yeah. she helped and she served a role and but she didn't like take over or anything. She wasn't like their saving grace. But so I was reading that people thought that character didn't do the voice actor justice. And same with Octavia Spencer, the Manticore, that mm -hmm. that wasn't a big enough or funny enough role for Octavia Spencer. I thought both of those roles were great. Like I thought the Manticore was hilarious, like the way they yeah. made her facial expressions and then obviously Octavia bringing her to life. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like just because somebody has a big name means they need a huge role. Like I felt like it was great to have those big names in those small roles because they brought those small roles to life even yeah. with a short screen time. Right. But a lot of people were complaining that that they would put them in such small roles. Yeah. Yeah, to an extent, I, I, I hear that because um, there was some complaints for me earlier about like the manticore, yeah. like it just it feeling very rushed and stuff yeah. like that with just like the plot, like, let's go. But so to some extent, I guess I could I could hear that complaint. But I, I think I'd probably agree with you that like, you know, it's, it's more about these two brothers right. and those are supporting roles. And I think they played yeah. their part. Yeah, and they're really good supporting And roles. they were good, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so there's some elements that I feel like could be Pixar-worthy. But I think as a whole, no. And that's why I'm not a film critic. Well, and so that's <laughs> what... So I, I, 
I, I don't want to be a film critic. It's just, I've already done it. I put myself in that category. Um, I've, I've never, I feel like I've never been this harsh on any Pixar movie. Of course, I haven't talked about all the Pixar movies. This is a very new podcast video show that I'm doing. So like, you know, I haven't put myself in front of a microphone or a camera to talk about all of these movies at depth. So I'm not even sure what I would really say like if I were to just go all out on Finding Emu, what, what would I really say? Right. But um, this has been really fun to like kind of force myself to be in a position to kind of get my thoughts and um, get them out there. But so, yeah, so I, you say I'm, a, no. I'm a little surprised that that's my answer, to be honest. So is Onward Pixar par? You say no. I think it's just subpar. I say sure, why not? <laughs> sure why not uh okay i will say this i totally hear what you're saying i hear you know the music isn't as big scale the the world building and the plot doesn't feel as grand doesn't feel as grand but comparing this to other pixar movies yeah i like this one better wow like i like this movie better really than we're not um, friends anymore. Oh. Do we get married? I'm not saying I like it the best. I'm saying I do like this movie better <laughs> than a lot of the other ones. Uh, so, yeah. But, okay, so Onward's not Pixar-worthy, according to you. According to me, I think everyone who's even remotely interested in cartoon-type uh, movies should watch this. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would... I'll, I don't think I'll ever say that someone shouldn't, well, no, I was going to take that back. I was going to say, I don't think I should ever say that someone shouldn't watch a movie. You should absolutely tell people when they shouldn't watch a movie. No, that, because I've seen some movies that I'm like, don't. I would but say- But usually I don't. I usually, I want to, I usually, even if I think that someone shouldn't watch a movie, I usually don't say it just because I want, we're all different. I want to hear what, what right. they think. But we can't even <laughs> categorize this as that. Like, we can't even say, like, I don't mean, like, oh, we shouldn't say not to watch it. I'm saying I actively want to tell everyone to oh, watch this. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think I will be an advocate for this movie. Right. I Like, I, I really did like it. Again, like, it went a different direction than I thought it would, and I loved loved the ending. Like, and that it had was so that, many creative moments. Very like, creative moments. Moments. <laughs> Um, so I'll be, I'm going to be an advocate for this movie because I really did like it. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I thought it did great things. But with the title of this episode, I don't, I, I'm going to, for now, I'm going to sit on, I don't know if it's quite Pixar worthy. Okay. Because even like, there's just so many other characters that play roles in other Pixar movies. Whereas this one has... The mom is a supporting character. They do have very few characters. Very few characters. And if and and on almost every level it just feels really small scale and small budget. Actually, is that why it feels smaller? Because there's only two characters the whole time? I think that's a big part, yeah. Because But there's just not as many moving parts to this storyline. I know, but I think that's the reason I like it and that everybody <laughs> else doesn't like it. Because I am so character focused and yeah, yeah, and the creative well, moments really filled that yeah. that for me too. But because I'm so character driven, like we had time to get to know these two characters. Mm -hmm. They were hilarious. They were interesting. Like 
I was totally fine being laser focused on these two characters. Yeah. So I think that's probably part of the reason it's I like different. it more and other people like it less is because there's not more, there's so much less going on. There's so yeah. much, like it's so focused on these brothers. Cause even though they've got their dad there, like the dad is kind of just comedic. You know, he yeah. he can't talk, he can't say anything right. or contribute that much other than Which again, creative comedic points. stuff. Mm -hmm. But so I think that is the difference. Yeah. At least partially. Yeah. It's a great movie. It really is. I think you should go see it if you haven't. Um I think everyone should see this. I think everyone should go see it because again, like so And if, if, and you don't have to go see it. You can just sit in your house <laughs> and see it, stay home. And on that note, it. thank you Disney Plus for sponsoring this video. So if you haven't signed up for <laughs> Disney Plus, go to disneyplus.com slash Corey is cool. And that will give you access to the full price. <laughs> <laughs> or access to a 404 page not found. Yeah, 404. <laughs> I'm curious what it would find. Um, the end. So I want to give a thanks to Alex for being here. Normally, I was going to be doing these types of videos with Steven, and I wanted to do it with all three of us. So this is like a smaller introduction to you. Hi. <laughs> being, you being here, so this will be fun. But hopefully when all this virus crap gets on the other end of things, we can have the three of us talking about something. So that would be really fun. Looks like we're finally leveling off a little bit. Oh, yeah? With the virus, which oh, that's is good. surprising. Because we're in the beginning of April, so I kind of figured it would go on to at least the end of May. But we'll see. Anyways. Um, My prediction is that it will peak by the third week of April. We'll have peaked by then. Mm. That would be nice. Speaking of coronavirus, if you're interested <laughs> in coronavirus... If you're interested in the virus... <laughs> if you're interested in busting myths about the latest world topics you can follow me at big brain time big brain time um right here 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 and here oh boy oh no that's for youtube so anyone listening is like this is not for me and they literally just turned off the episode actually nobody's listened to this far so we can literally say whatever we want pink elephants